0: Praise the Lord. Today for the meditation of scriptures, let us open the Bibles to Psalm 59. Psalm 59 is yet another one of those Psalms that David has written at the time that he was seriously pursued by many of his enemies. And uh, we see here that uh, it is a time when King Saul was probably persecuting him and pursuing him. And the heading of the Psalm says, when Saul sent men to watch his house in order to kill him. We see that King Saul's fear and hatred of David had become so obsessive that he gave multiple orders to kill David and twice we see that Saul actually tried to do that himself. And in this particular episode we see that Saul had plotted for David to be murdered in his own house when he was sleeping but his wife helped David to escape by letting him out. And we see that uh, during this time Saul had sent out search parties That is what we see here in verse 6 As well as verse 14 Every evening they come back Howling like dogs prowling about And we see that those are the search parties That were spying upon David And David at this point of time When he was oppressed by his enemy He decides to take it to the Lord in prayer A very wise action for all of us to do When the life situations pressurize us so much Let it drive us to the prayer closet let it drive us to our knees and when we pour out our hearts to the lord the lord surely responds and the lord shall take up the case and he shall take up the cause and deliver us roughly the psalm is divided into two sections where the first half of the psalm from verses 1 till 9 talks more about god as a deliverer and verses 10 till 17 talks more about god as a, a judge a righteous judge and we see that this psalm is a beautiful example of hebrew poetry where the verses are structured in a particular order we see that there are repetitive patterns as well let's look at that psalm uh, broadly to understand the structure of the psalm and then we will go into the exposition or the meditation upon the verses verses 1 to 2 talks about a cry that david is making to the lord for his deliverance and verses 3 to 5 uh, in fact, 3 to 7, David talks about the nature of the wicked ones who are pursuing him. And verses 8 to 10 is David's faith declaration as to what the Lord is going to do for him. And verses 11 to 15 is David's declaration of the punishment that is going to happen to the wicked people. According to the nature of God that has been revealed to him, David says, This is how the wicked are going to be punished. And finally, verses 16 to 17 is the praise declaration that David makes before the Lord. If you see here, there are repetitive patterns. Verses 6 and 7 are very similar to verses 14 and 15 where it talks about the nature of the evil people who are pursuing David. And verses 8 to 10 have got a parallelism with verses 16 to 17 where one is a faith affirmation as to what the Lord is going to do and the other, 16 to 17, is a praise declaration as to what David is going to do for the Lord or how he is going to praise him. Dearly beloved, as we go through this psalm, Let the psalm speak into our hearts the words of comfort because we also, in our times when we are getting persecuted by people, when we are getting oppressed by forces of darkness, this is a time to run to the Lord and ask him for help and surely he will deliver. David starts the psalm by crying out, saying, Deliver me from my enemies, O my God, and protect me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from those who work evil and save me from bloodthirsty men. Here we see that David when he was faced with a real challenge in his life, it's not that David did not respond militarily or strategically to the challenges that the enemy was facing. Yes, he went ahead and did that, but always he took it first to the Lord in prayer. He poured out his heart before the Lord and got that comfort from God and then went about doing his own actions as a, a truly righteous king or a leader would do. And we see here that he first cries out to the Lord. And then verses 3 to 5, David talks about the nature of the wicked ones. In fact, verses 3 to 7, he talks about the nature of the wicked ones. What does David say? They lie in wait for my life. People here are against David's life. They are trying their level best to kill him. We recognize here that they were doing this because of, not because of any sin that David had committed until that point of time. Because his the, the last sin in his life, the sin that he had done with Bathsheba and Uriah, that came at a much later point of time. We see here that this happened well before that. And David says, For no transgression or sin of mine, for no fault of mine, they run and they make ready. And he says to God, Awake God, come to meet me and see. You, Lord, God of hosts, our God of Israel. Rouse yourself to punish all the nations and spare none of those who treacherously plot evil. David cries out to the Lord, knowing that he is the righteous God, he is the righteous king, he is the Lord of hosts, he cries out to him, asking him to come and deliver him, asking him to come and do not spare the enemies who are plotting evil against David. How do these people recurrently approach David. They say, David says, each evening they come back, howling like dogs, prowling about the city. They are blowing with their mouths, with swords in their lips, for who they think will hear us. These are people, the enemies of David are people who have no fear of God. They have no fear at all. They are shamelessly and with boldness in their heart, they are going about doing evil, speaking evil. That's why it says bellowing with their mouths and with swords in their lips. While their attacks and the plotting was to actually kill David, during the time that they were not able to do that, they went about slandering David as well. And David says, Lord, do not spare them. We see that God is a God who sees and hears our enemies. He is a person who knows what people are speaking about us behind our backs. He knows what is right and what is wrong among the accusations. And God being a righteous God, surely He will rouse Himself as it says there in the language of the Hebrew poetry, rouse yourself, wake yourself, those are the words that are used in Hebrew poetry. Not because God is sleeping, not because He is inactive, but from a human perspective when we look at it, God does seem to take His own time in order to deliver us. God does seem to take His own time to avenge our enemies. And that is with a reason. That is because he is God. He is wise. He is all-powerful. He is sovereign. And he knows at what time he is going to give vindication to David. And he knows at what time he is going to give judgment and punishment to the enemies. He will do it at his time. And David, when he takes it to the Lord in prayer, God assures him that God is going to do that. And as a result of that, verses 8 to 10, we see a faith declaration that is coming out of David's heart. He says, But you, O Lord, you laugh at them. You hold all the nations in derision. O my strength, I will watch for you. For you, O God, are my fortress. Dearly beloved, here David is making a strong statement here. He is saying, Lord, I know you have heard my prayers. I know you are looking at the enemies and laughing at them because you know that you are powerful and they are powerless in your presence. Maybe my enemies are more powerful than me. But when compared with your strength, when compared with your might, I know that they are nothing. They are just a speck of dust and Lord, you are my strength and I will watch for you. Meaning, I will watch out for the time that you are going to move. I know you are going to move in your time. Until then, I will wait upon you. For they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and that strength will help them to mount up with wings like eagles above the situation. And that's what David does here. He says, my God, In his steadfast love will meet me. My God will come and meet me. That's what he is saying here. See, in verse 4, David says, Awake, come to meet me. And here in verse 10, he says, My God in his steadfast love will meet me. During the prayer, what has happened is, David has got that assurance now in his heart that the Lord is on his side. He is in favor of David. And surely, he is going to accomplish that mighty purpose that he has promised. What He has promised with his covenant love and faithfulness, God will surely meet out. God's plan is that David should be the king of Israel. God's plan is that David was foreknown to be the person through whom the messianic promises will come. God knows even before David was born exactly what his life and purpose would be and God is going to accomplish that and David as he waited upon the Lord in prayer, what happened is the Lord revealed these mighty truths into David's heart and David walks away from that prayer closet with an assurance that the Lord has got him covered. He is going to make sure that every single plan that God had for David is going to be accomplished. And David walks away knowing that there will be a triumph that ultimately will happen. He says here, God will let me look in triumph on my enemies. In verse 10 he says that. Now, the desire of every person who is going through a warfare, whether it be at a physical realm or whether it be at a spiritual realm, is that there be a triumph at the end of it. No one wants to be a loser. And God has not asked us to be losers. In fact, he has declared that he himself is the great victor on the cross at Calvary and as we tread the path of the cross, the way of the cross, the Lord will ensure that we also receive that kind of a great and mighty success and a victory. But we have to stay on his path. We have to stay on his ways. And uh, without acting impulsively, without acting in the flesh, if we wait upon the Lord, then surely he will bring us to the right destination, in the right path, at the right time. We need to have that eye of faith. We need to have that patience, so so that we will be able to wait for the Lord and move according to his time. After having this faith declaration, David still goes on and he addresses... Another aspect of the justice of God. One part of the justice of God is that God is a righteous God and he will reward the righteous. The other part of the justice of God is that he will surely punish the wicked because he hates the sinful deeds of the wicked people. And David says here in verses 11 to 15, what kind of a punishment is going to be meted out by God? Remember, these words sound harsh. Definitely these are imprecatory psalms, these are cursing psalms, and these words sound harsh. Now if they seem to be brutal and if they do not seem to be in keeping with the spirit of Christ, we need to keep in our mind that the Israel's future and the future of David's chosen dynasty were both at stake here. What David was doing was not a personal crusade or he was not taking his own agenda into his hands and trying to find his own vindication, but rather he was asking God to fight the enemy for him. Because there was a covenant at stake here. There was the future of the nation at stake here. This was not a fight of a personal uh, vengeance or vendetta, but rather this was the battle that the Lord had to take up. Because the enemy that David was facing was much more than at a personal level. These were not David's personal enemies. These were the enemies of Israel, the future of Israel. That's why we see these kind of imprecations or curses that are happening in these kind of Psalms. There are many Psalms which have harsh words. And the harshness comes from the fact that these evil and wicked people have chosen to set themselves against God, against the plan and purposes of God. And... Because of that very reason, surely the Lord shall uh, take up the judgment and punishment upon them. And David writes here, he writes something which is seemingly very strange. He says here, do not kill them lest my people forget and make them totter by your power and bring them down. O Lord, our shield. What is David talking about here? Do not kill them lest my people forget. What David is saying here is, Let the way you are going to deal with Saul and the enemies of Israel be very wise. Do not cast them in some sudden judgment but allow their own sins to catch up with them and consume them gradually, making their backsliding publicly known so that the people would not sympathize with them but rather the people would see them for who they are and what they have become and then their loyalty shall be towards the God of Israel and towards David, the chosen king. That is really what David is meaning here by these verse. In verse 11, that's what he is saying here. And he says here, For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them be trapped in their pride. Now, the sins of these people were not only the grievous sins like attempted murder and things like that. But the very things that they said with their mouth, the words of their lips, the pride that they had, all these were the ones that were bringing them down. And David says here, for the cursing and lies that they utter, consume them in wrath. Consume them till they are no more, so that they may know that God rules over Jacob. Who may know? The people who are the observers of the nation of Israel, the people who are the covenant community within Israel, all these people should come to know that God rules over Jacob to the ends of the earth. The battle belongs to the Lord. The Lord has taken up the ownership of the nation of Israel. And God will deal with the enemies of Israel, whether it be internal or external, in a manner that God sees fit, in a way that everything finally, ultimately glorifies the name of the Lord ultimately all glory belongs to God and this is not David's personal fight that is going to happen that is ultimately going to bring down the enemies of Israel it is going to be God himself who is allowing the enemies of Israel to be consumed and he says here even while saying this particular verse till verse 13 he knows that his enemies are still prowling around verse 14 and 15 again they say David talks about the enemies that are going around and he says They go howling like dogs, prowling about the city. They wander about for food and growl if they do not get their fill. What is this fill and what is this food that David is referring to? The evil people, till they have done their quota of evil for that day, they will not be able to rest. Till they have done their uncleanness and injustice and unrighteousness and wickedness for that day. Till they have sinned that minimum level with their mouth they will not get that rest and david says these are habitual sinners people who are opposed to israel were the habitual sinners these had become their daily routine till they accomplish that they will not be able to go down and rest and david says here what a sharp contrast i love the word but that is used in verse 16 he says but i will sing of your strength My enemies maybe are using their mouths and using their lips in order to blaspheme God and in order to to say bad things about me, but that doesn't matter. My God, I trust Him. I love Him. He is my God. And as a result of that, what am I going to do? David says, verse 16 to 17, he says, I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress oh my strength i will sing praises to you for you oh god are my fortress the god who shows me steadfast love david says here i don't care about what the enemy is doing right now they may be prowling about they may even be lying uh, uh, await for me outside my house it doesn't matter the lord has given me a new song in my heart three times he says i will sing and that Also, dearly beloved, let it be our attitude. Whatever is happening outside, whatever is happening with our enemies, whatever evil plans that they are hatching to bring about our downfall, doesn't matter. What we need to do is have that faith in God and have that consecration to say that I will sing and I will worship the Lord. He he says here, many times he says here, he will sing of the covenantal love of God. God has become very real to David. He has become stronger than a fortress. And it is because of the covenantal steadfast love of God. His mercies are new every morning. Great is the faithfulness of God. And that mercy and that covenant faithfulness that God is going to show to David is what makes him strong, even to the point of praising God. Even when there are enemies who are prowling about. Dearly beloved, let us be inspired by the Sam to face our life situations also with the grace that God gives us so that everything that happens in our life will ultimately glorify His name. And let us also be comforted with these words of the Sam. May God bless each one of us.